0: Welcome to the church, Amen, Amen. <laughs> so I want to take us back there for a minute in our story as we've been going through the book of Luke, I want to take us ahead of the story maybe even to the to, towards the end of the gospel uh, of, of, uh, of, of of the gospel stories that we have there and the narratives that we have there basically to that place uh, as you know, I don't know about you, but when we were taking communion, I was back there and just breaking that, just realizing, you know, that, that, that you know, my part in his body having to be broken, my part in his blood having to be spilled, and just being so thankful. You know what I mean? So thankful, man, that, that he did that for me and that he did that for us. And praise the Lord. Amen. And so I want to just kind of take you back to that, to to the end of the gospel story, so we can go back to where we are towards the beginning, all right? And and then just kind of work our way into this understanding of this kingdom idea. And so I, they, 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 it was the night after the morning after he had been betrayed by Judas, right? And and he had been arrested, and all night he had been going through these. You know, just fake trials, and was getting beat down, and being accused, and and being slapped around, man, and 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 chained, and bloodied, man, and and then and then early that morning, all right, he was he was he was led by by the Jewish leaders and by even a crowd over to the Praetorium, right there in Jerusalem, basically where the governor, all right, one, one of the Roman governors, when, when it was set up shop when he was in town, and we come, you know, Jerusalem, right? They had their own but they were still, you know, had to be submissive, all right, had, were under the rule of the Roman Empire. And so the Roman Empire will place his governor right there in that community, all right, to, to rule over the leaders of Israel, and these leaders of Israel here—they're they, bringing. You know, I don't know if you can recognize the morning. It is early in the morning, you know. And we love—I love I don't know about you. I love early in the morning. I love walking outside early in the morning. I love the crispness of the air early in the morning. The coolness, all right. I love breathing in that fresh air, especially up here. It's so beautiful to just walk out and just breathe that early morning air. But I have to feel that this morning wasn't so crisp. I have to feel that this morning wasn't so beautiful. I I have to believe that this morning, that maybe there was a heaviness in the air, an ugliness in the air, an anger in the air, and much confusion in the air as these men and women, all right, were just rushing this bound and bloody Jesus, all right, over to the Praetorium where the where the Roman guards were all there, standing all proud, and 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 the governor would come out and say, "What do you guys want?" And they're like, "You know what? You need to do something with this guy." And the Roman governor is like, "You know what? This isn't my problem. This is your problem." This is a Jewish thing. And they said, No, 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 no. We aren't allowed to kill him. It's your problem now because we want you to kill him. And he looks at him. And in John chapter 18, verse 33, we see what happens. And Father, this is your word, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would lead us here to truth, in the truth, under the truth, from your truth, for your truth, for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. As a true story, this is not a fairy tale. This happened. This is history. John 18, so Pilate entered his headquarters again. They were out in the, in the, in the, in, in, in the open there, in the praetorium, and he heads into his headquarters And he called Jesus in there. And here's Jesus before this proud Roman governor. All beat up, bloodied, bound still. And Pilate looks at him and says, are are you the king of the Jews? I mean, quite proudly and arrogantly, he, he fires this question off at Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, Well, Jesus didn't say, hey, (laughs) I wanted him to say, hey, (laughs) but Jesus answered very humbly. Do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? And you see, this is a really important question for you and me. When we're challenging or or, 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 or um, declaring or you know uh, committing to the Lordship, the kingship of Jesus, or, or when, when, when we're just speaking it, I mean maybe when we're just saying it or when we're talking, I think Jesus has this same question for you and I. Is this coming from you? or is this just because everybody else is talking about it and you want to be involved in that mix, the Christian Machine mix that's going on right now. Is this from you, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate says, "Am I a Jew, or your own nation? And the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done?" And Jesus stays on the subject, the subject of kingship and kingdom. And he answers, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. And then Pilate says, well, so you are a king. And Jesus, he answers and says, you, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I was born. And for, the purpose, for this purpose, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone here, right now, who is of the truth, well, listen to his voice. What kingdom is he talking about? What kingdom is he talking about? Where is this kingdom? And, and, and if, if it's not you know, of this world or if it's not from this world, well, where is this kingdom? And why is it important for you and I to even ask this question? because we are claiming him as king that's why we're singing songs about him being king all right we're we're talking about king jesus king of kings king of glory you know we're we're we're, we're saying these phrases but, but, but what is he the king of i mean what, what king of what King of, king of me, man, right? King of you, right? King of us, right? King of, king of his people. King of this whole thing. King of heaven and earth, right? King of kings, amen? Yeah. And we gotta challenge this question because either he really, truly, you know, genuinely, sincerely is king of your life or you are or you're king. That's all it comes down to, man. Either he's king or you are. Because no matter what, our lives are being ruled. All right, my question for you here this morning, right now, right here, is who or what rules your life? Who or what rules your life? Every day. Our lives reflect who's king, right? Every day, our lives reflect who is king in our life. It's reflected by how you live. It's it's reflected by what you work for, who or what you work for. It's reflected by what you promote, the stories you tell, what, who or what is ruling your life? Now, some areas in our life are easier than others to identify. All right. And, and, we can, we can see when, we can know when addictions are ruling our life, right? Addictions to drugs, addictions to alcohol, addictions to, 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 uh, you know, to, to, uh, pornography, addictions to, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, to, to, you know, those all kinds of addictions that can just rule our life. We recognize what that is controlling because that's what we're living for. That's what we're working for. That's what we're promoting through a lifestyle. But some actually are less all right, identifiable than others, man, and that is maybe the addiction to pleasure, or right? not the addiction, but but being ruled by by the desire for pleasure, to be pleasure, not just sexual pleasure, but just being, you know, I just need to be comfortable all the time, all right, and I'm going to I'm going to live comfortably, I'm going to work for comfort, and I'm and I'm going to promote my comfort. Addiction to money and greed and the pursuit, all right, of more and more and more and more and consuming and consuming and consuming. You, you know, the, you know the, the, maybe we're ruled by recognition, by needing, needing to be recognized by others as, you know what, you know, and this happens sometimes even when we're new life in Christ. I used to be this person, but now I'm this person. Don't you like this person? Isn't this person nice and shiny? You should love me. Right? We're being ruled by so many things, right? And we allow these rulers to, to, pr- to just kind of creep into our life. If you were to look at your life as a throne room, all right, Because your life is, all right, a palace, it is a temple. My question is who sits on the throne of your temple, of your palace, if you were to look at your life right now and really, really see who sits on that throne, Uh, What would that be? What would that be? I mean, you can identify it because everything, all the energy is pointing towards that king. Who or what is calling the shots in your life? Who, who, who or what is leading the way you think, leading the passions that you have, leading, all right, the direction or even lack of direction in your life? Who or what is creating all the stories, all right, that you're having to tell or even maybe you're being quiet about what your life is actually telling? All this will reveal your king and your kingdom. For years, men and women, and women have proclaimed themselves kings and queens throughout the world, promoting themselves and promoting their agenda. And because of this, we've seen kingdoms rise and fall throughout the world. And I can go over and over and share the history of of different kingdoms that we, you know, but, but there's just no time for that. But you understand what I'm talking about. But I would challenge you to this thought, when your life and leadership is all about you, it will end when you end, when your life and leadership is all about you, it will end when you end. But when your life and leadership isn't all about you, it will live beyond you. It will live beyond you. And this is kingdom life. When your life and leadership isn't all about you, it will live Beyond you, and that's the lives that we're being called uh, to live, and promote, and work for. So I want to take us now back in in in, in Luke. We went to basically end of the gospel account all right, towards the end of the gospel account of John and basically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because it all ends in that place before Pilate and then to the cross and the resurrection. But I wanna bring us now back to where we are in Luke and we are completing tonight or today, we're completing Luke chapter four. We're finishing out and so much has taken place in in, in the, book of Luke, in the, in the in Luke chapter four. I mean, it begins, all right, it began with, you know, Jesus, you know, we, we recognize that he, was, that he was baptized, right? And, uh, and, uh, and he was anointed with the spirit of God, and then he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, came out victorious. Uh, Luke said that he returned in the power of the spirit and went to his hometown. All right, You remember, he went back to Nazareth, started preaching. They didn't like it, kicked him out of town. All right? He went up north a little bit in the northern Galilee, Galilee towns, and went to this place called Capernaum. All right? He started preaching and teaching in the synagogues there. They were tripping because they thought, man, this guy's really laying it down. He's preaching with authority. All right. And then he left the church, right? And we recognize as Pastor Nick was saying. He went out to the to the street. Hey, that was cool seeing Pastor Nick, wasn't it? I just love that guy. Anyways. Yeah. And so um you know, and then <clears throat> went back out into the streets and started just. He went over to like Peter's house, healed his mother-in-law, so she can make some more tortillas. All right, and then you know she got up, started handing out, healing, you know, serving everybody. It was pretty cool. And then the town started recognizing that he was like, you know, what was happening. They started bringing him sick people and demon-possessed people, and he's casting out demons and and healing sick. And this was going on all night long. And now we have another early morning account. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 42, here's how the rest of the story goes. At least to complete Luke 4. It says, and when it was day, basically early in the morning, and I believe this morning was crisp. I believe this morning was beautiful. I believe this morning was quite wonderful. All these people were healed, man. All these people were set free. And, And he left and he... And he went to a deserted place. Jesus himself retreated away. And people sought him, and they came to him. And, and they were looking for him, right? And, uh, and then they found him, and they, they wanted to keep him from leaving. No, you need to hang out, right? You need to stay. But he said to them, I must preach the, God, the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. There's going to be, from this point on, we're going to see this littered through the, not littered, but just kind of, but you understand what I mean. All through the gospel of Luke, uh, all this references to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of God. We're going to hear about it, and we're going to see it a lot. And, and I want us to kind of have a little grounding in what he's talking about here. All right? And so, so what is the proper view of the kingdom and why is it important? Again, again, what is the proper view? And for years, the church has been working in and out of trying to explain this. And there's been these movements that have come and gone. I think the the most recent was at the turn of the century, or, or, or actually over the over the over the uh, early 1900s. During the at the very beginning of between late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a group of people of, of that called themselves, you know. Uh, the social gospelists basically they were they were uh, they they were they were preaching what they referred to as the social gospel. In other words, what they were just saying is like you know what is that is that we are discovering through the pages of scripture that we can actually do this. We can be these kingdom people. We can live this life, this pure life, this undefiled life. All right, and and maybe even without Jesus, this is crazy. Without Jesus, we could usher in the kingdom come of God. You know, we can usher in you know the final kingdom of God, you know, and they started to think that, you know, we can just go around and convince people they could just be good and they can be good. And they started doing this and they started convincing people. And then the world wars took place, world war one, and then world war two. And they thought, well, maybe we're wrong about people. All right. (laughs) You know, maybe we're just wrong about people. All right, and then and then came this nether, this other, this nether. Here comes this nether theory. All right, okay, all right, this nether gospel. All right, and it was basically uh, the the uh, 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 this uh, they called it the dispensational gospel, Darby's dispensational gospel. And then there's words you probably don't even need to know or remember. But anyways, the idea of this was okay. Social gospelists they got it wrong. All right, we have a look at these wars and the stuff's going crazy. And they just said, you know what, the world's a sinking ship. You need to jump off the ship and get into this Christian bubble. Get inside this little bubble and just, just kind of alienate the, yourself from the world because it's just, you know, going to hell in a handbasket and you need to, to get over here. You know, both, you know, um, just a huge missing the point, <laughs> usually missing the point. But, but some of them had a hint of, of some truth, you know, that, with a, that under, through the power of God's Holy Spirit, we can... We can live the life that God has called us to. He has called us to, but we're not going to usher in the kingdom of God without Jesus. That's just impossible. The world is going crazier and getting crazier and crazier and crazier and will continue to get crazy, but we're not here to ignore it, all right? We're not here to make it better. We're here to lead them to Jesus, amen? So there's a lot more that's taking place here, all right? So so yeah so so there is a sense of of this already kingdom like the social gospel were, we're, 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 we're sharing you know that there is an already kingdom of god taking place here and just like the Darby's dispensationalism there's there is this not yet kingdom but but we 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 need to combine the two and we are living in an already but not yet kingdom and that's what kingdom people need to promote. That's where we need to live. That's where we need to, 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 you know, this already but not yet kingdom. And when we think of the kingdom of God, what is it? First and foremost is the sovereignty of Jesus Christ the king. The sovereignty of Jesus Christ the king. The sovereignty of Jesus Christ the king in our life, in our work, and in our story. The sovereignty of Jesus Christ the king... In our whole life, in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our work, our pursuit, our serving, and in the story that all of that tells, and sometimes it is helped by the words that come out of our mouth. So let's go back to Luke 42, and let's just unpack this, this little three verses right here a little bit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 42, which kind of wanna unpack this because there's, there's a lot taking place in just these three little verses that I think are gonna be really, really helpful for us. Number one, right here, we see in Luke 42, 442, you know, we we see that or the first verse, not number one. The first verse, I'll get to number one, two, and three in a little bit, so hold on. Forget the number one, scratch that, all right? So Luke chapter four, verse 42 says, when it was day, he departed into a a desolate place. The people sought him, came to him and would have kept him from leaving. Now, what you'll recognize, and we're gonna recognize even more through the gospel of Luke, is Jesus would often, all right, just kind of just go off by himself to pray, he would go off by himself to spend time with the Father. He just had a whole night of ministry, of being pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And he, he I mean, if Jesus knows that, you know what, we need, he needs to be poured into, then, sh- then we need to know that too, right? We need to be poured into as well right? And so I know this, like, like, like today, Sundays, Sundays, I love Sundays. I love coming here. I love preaching. I love serving. This is what God has gifted me to do. And I love doing it, man. And I will, I will preach all day long if you would let me, you know what I mean? I would do it, all right? But I know this, but when, once, once it's over, I go home, all right? I'm wiped out. I'm wiped out. And I need to just kind of, I need to relax. I need to rest. And I need to kind of get away for a minute. All right, and I spend that night and that next morning with Jesus and he refreshes me and he refreshes my soul. And he, he's given us this, the, he recogn, this to, to recognize that we, we need to get refreshed and, and regain that kingdom focus. Every one of us here, as he calls you, all right, to live this gospel life, to work through this gospel life and to, and to, and to share this gospel story He's reminding us that every one of us are going to need to, 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 to pull away for a minute, retreat away so we, think we can reconnect, we can reflect on what God is doing, and then move forward and projecting where He's going to go. And then in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, when they're telling him, Look, man, we want you to stick around. And he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to other towns as well for I was sent for this purpose. Now, here's where I want to challenge us. This is where I want to spend the rest of our time, challenging right here in this place, this kingdom, this good news of the kingdom, and preaching. Each of us are called to own this mission of Jesus, to to preach the good news of the kingdom. You're like, wait a second, I'm not a preacher. That's your job. Yeah, you know what? Uh, No, you know what? I believe you are preachers. Your life preaches a story, your work preaches a story, and your story preaches a story. Every one of us are preachers. We're we're, we're preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, or we're preaching the, the news of the kingdom of our own self. Every one of us are preaching. Every person on the planet is preaching, but he's challenging us. For this and I and I and I, th- I don't want to challenge you in this area of life, all right, of work and of story, life, work, and story because we get this twisted and it's not hard to when we're out there. And we're a how many times have you seen people, you know, telling you about the, the, you know, the good news of Jesus, but you look over their shoulder and there's just nothing but wreckage? I mean, all the way up to their heels, man, there's this non stop wreckage, their life does not prove it. How many times do you see people that are already working and serving and serving and working and just kind of going, grinding at the kingdom work, all right? But they're not living a kingdom life. It's like they go in and punch a time clock in, okay, time for me to be a Christian and just help people, help people, help people, clock out, boom, done. There is a progression, all right, that is so necessary right here. You, you have to live a kingdom life first and always. And then living that life, you serve in that life and serve from that life. And then living in that life and serving in that life and serving from that life creates a story of a kingdom life. that people literally, man, I'm telling you, literally are dying to see. Are dying to see. Why? Why? Is this important? Because our words are way more welcome when they're preceded by our life and our work. I always tell people, your witness should enter the room way before your mouth does. Way before your mouth does. Your life is already telling a story, and shouldn't that be what opens the doors I tell you, I watched some of your lives, man, and then I'm like, man, I want to hear that story. I want to hear that story. Because that's, that's a good story. That's the life we need to live. And it begins, number one, with kingdom life. Kingdom life. His life becomes our life. All right, there's three things I want to share with you. In this kingdom, what, what is this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? Where does this kingdom of God, and it is the people, his kingdom is the people of God. All right, yes, there is a kingdom place. Yes, there is a, a you know, all that, you know, kingdom come, that's all happening, but, but that's already settled. He's working in the lives of his kingdom people, and this is what's important. And so it begins, number one, with the kingdom life, number two, with kingdom work, and number three, with a kingdom story. And So let's take a look at a kingdom life, his kingdom life, all right? His life becomes our life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says this, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way he walked, amen? <clears throat> That's our goal. Since it's in the word. Can't argue it. What does that look like? We get a picture of it, and right, through the first church, the grand opening of the church 2,000 years ago, right there in Jerusalem, we had a group of men and women who were just sold out for the Word of God, who were sold out for the testimony of Jesus Christ, all right, and here's how they lived. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. It says, and they devoted themselves. They didn't need nobody to come around and tell them anything. They didn't need anybody to keep talking them in to go to church or whatever. They devoted themselves. It was it It was a a self-discipline. I am going to follow Jesus no matter what. I don't care if anybody else is following him. I'm going with him. All right. That is self-devotion. They devoted themselves to the apostles. This is kingdom life. All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. What were the apostles teaching? They were teaching about Jesus and what it looked like to follow Jesus and what Jesus looked like. And so now that we can see that, so now we can try to look like Jesus. Amen? and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers and and to the remembering of the sacrifice of Christ and the prayers for one another. And awe came upon every soul in the church and many wonders and signs were being done through the leaders, the apostles, and all who believed together were together. Everyone who believed were together. They didn't just see one another on Sunday. They weren't, or if they decided to show up that Sunday. They were together, and they had all things in common. There was a, a common unity, a community of believers. You're like, man, why do we hammer community groups from communities communities? Because that's just the beginning. That is not the accomplishment. Community group, meeting on a group night is the beginning of, of disciplining yourself to be a part of this community that God is speaking of. It's just the beginning. We, we, we challenge you with that because it needs to start there by choosing to devote yourself to the teachings of, of Christ with fellow believers and the breaking of bread and praying together and, and, and having everything in common. and they were Look at verse 45, they were selling their possessions and belonging and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need, all right? They recognized, yes, that, that there was a world outside the church that was hurting, but wait a second, we need to take care of the world inside the church first. We need to become internally strong so we can be externally focused. This is a big deal. This is kingdom life, man. Hey, this should be, if you ever were like, minute, what does it look like again to live in the kingdom? Go right back to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. <clears throat> Excuse me. 46. And day by day they were attending temple together. Hmm. Yeah. They had church every day. <laughs> every day. Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. And breaking bread in their homes, house churches, community. They receive their food with gladness and generous hearts. It does not matter if you have one tortilla or two. You received it with thankfulness, and if it only had one, this one did. You break that tortilla in half, here, homie, and they'd be like, "You got some butter? I got some butter. Here, put them on yours, right?" Look at this, forty-seven. This is this is the testimony. Look at praising God and having favor with all the people, not just the church. Now having favor with all the people. Why? Because these people were real. They weren't faking the front, man. This is the real deal. It was all you open the doors, it looked look good on the house. On the outside, it looked even more amazing on the inside, all right? And they had favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day. People just wanted to be a part of that life, kingdom life. Their lives were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is huge. Your, your, your first community group needs to be inside your house. You know that, right? My first community group is me and Debbie. That's our, that's our, that's our number one community group. We are just doing life together, man. I love it, man. When we'll, we'll do just certain things. We'll just mix it up sometimes. We'll get some scripture. We'll look at it. We'll say, okay, you go write it in your, your. I'll go write it in my own words. She'll write it in her own words and we'll compare notes about it. Like, ah, wow, that's how you, you see that scripture. That's how you see that scripture. We'll have a blast with that. Right, we'll watch certain sermons together. We'll talk about, we'll pray all the time together. We lift up our kids all the time together, and we go out into the community. Why do we go out in the community? Because we want to show them what a real man and real woman look like. You know what I'm saying? All right. <laughs> praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. That's our job. We're, we're built right there by Christ and led from there with Christ, and that's our community and it grows, and we open up our house to be a part of that community, all right? And we share that, and we should, right? And so should you, and we, this is the life, kingdom life. That kingdom life leads to kingdom work, and everybody's really in a big hurry to get to the kingdom work. Guess what? Jesus already said, that work ain't going nowhere. It'll always be there. But this kingdom life is essential, All right? because it leads to the kingdom work for his glory. Kingdom work is his mission becomes our mission. And we read this a few weeks ago, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord, he came and said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and as he is upon us, all right, because he has anointed me as he will anoint us to proclaim the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim liberties to the captive and to recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is our work. And you're like, no, that's Jesus's work. Check this out. Later, back over to John, at the end of John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said this, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So my mission is now your mission. Amen? But this mission requires a kingdom life, a life that is alive in Christ and with one another. As the Father has sent me, even so I ascending you. I love, I share this quote kind of often, Ronald Rollheiser said this, the quality of your faith will be judged by the quality of justice in the land. And the quality of justice will be judged, not by who you put in office or who's over there, it will be judged by how well the weakest and most vulnerable groups in society fared while you were alive. You wanna talk about justice, all right, we're storming the capital with all these things, right? We need to be storming, all right, the streets, all right, of the poor and the broken and the hurting and the blind and those who can't, you know, and those who can't and those who can't and help them up so they can, amen? amen. That's Jesus' mission. And he says, "says the Father has sent me, all right, to the captives, to the, to the blind, all right, to the oppressed, all right? And so he is sending you and I. My question is, how are things different because Christ in you is here in the world? Because this kingdom life is evident. How are things different around you because of the evidence of a kingdom life that led to this kingdom work? The kingdom living leads to kingdom working. Kingdom working validates our kingdom story. Number three, kingdom story. His message becomes our message. In Acts 4.32, it says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Verse uh, 33, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. This is important because this message is what wins the fight, this resurrection story that is now alive in us. Look what he says at the end of all things, man, or at least of all these things, and at the beginning of all those new things, when we get to the book of Revelation, where God is making all things new, all right. Hey, look what he tells us. Here's what he says about a kingdom life, here's what he says about our kingdom work, and here's what he says about our kingdom story. Revelation chapter. Chapter 12, verse 10, and I heard a loud voice in heaven now saying, Now the salvation and prayer of the and the kingdom of God of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. The accuser of the brothers, all right, that enemy has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God, and they have conquered him. They, we, have kingdom people, have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not even not their lives even unto death. That got me so excited, I couldn't even hardly read it. All right. This what he's saying is look at man, he's saying, look at at the end of all things, man, that enemy is gonna be smashed down. That liar is gonna be smashed down. That deceiver is gonna be smashed down. That one who keeps setting his days is gonna be smashed down by, by 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 the blood, by our testimony of the blood of the Lamb, amen. By kingdom people who said, you know what, my life. It's not going to be a quiet life, all right, in that sense. It is going to be a lived out loud life for the king, the great God and king, Jesus Christ. And from that life, my work is going to lead and be led from that work. And from that work is this gospel story that is going to change the world, amen. In Luke chapter four, verse 44, and he was preaching in the synagogue of Judea, all right? He continued to preach in the church and outside in the streets, and both are necessary. And so what do I want you to do? I want you to take this kingdom seriously. The king takes you seriously. We need to take this kingdom of God seriously. see, when Jesus was before Pilate back in the, in that, in that scene that I shared at the beginning. All right. He was first talking about his kingdom people, not a kingdom place. Again, the kingdom place is settled. It's done. It's coming. He cares more about his kingdom people and who's going to join him in that kingdom place, but who's going to reflect his kingdom life right here. Who's going to be involved in that kingdom work right now, right? And, and who's going to tell those kingdom stories today, right? This, this, this already but not yet kingdom of God as we array, await for Jesus to accomplish all things and bring us to the kingdom place. Three things I want you to do very, very quickly. And there, I've already talked about these things, so we don't need to preach on them. Number one Get involved or get more involved in your community, in your, in your faith community, in the believers. And if you don't have a community group, go to this website right here. Go to the website right here. All right, take a picture of this, tcaz.us, uh, whatever that, forward slash, that's what those things are called, right? Little things, all right? Go to that, check in, check in, fill out all the deal right there. And we'll get a hold of you. But get involved or get more involved in the community. Many of you have a community around you. Get more involved in that life. Number two, get to work. Find out where, where God is working, and, and it's not real hard. Go out here, man. We could, we could, we've got things that are already happening. Sign up to serve, get involved. Go to over to the ReCenter, right up the road there, man. Meet with uh, with Devin and then fill out the application to serve through the ReCenter. You have to fill out an application to serve? Yes. Are you serious about serving? Are you serious about getting involved? It shouldn't be a problem. We fill out applications for all kinds of things. Credit, all right? Stuff like that. Get involved, man. All right? We want you... Get involved or more involved in your community. Get to work. Number three, tell people how your story connects with his story. Amen. This is the kingdom already, but not yet. Amen. Get in because you already fit in. Praise the Lord, right?